Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Bringing you excellent entertainment from the king of DC media. Here's the Inside Acting Radio Show. Happy New Year, dear listeners. Welcome to another episode of the Inside Acting Radio Show. Tonight, my guest is Shamika Berry, who is starring in and wrote Miss Story's Living History, which will run from February 1st through the 3rd at Indian Head Black Box Theater, located at 4185 Indian Head, Maryland. For tickets, call 301-743-3040 or go to www.indianheadblackbox.org. The show is directed by Nikki Summons and produced by Jeremy Jackson. And I thank Jeremy for setting this interview up. Now, uh, Samika Berry is an actress and interpretive dancer, makeup artist, and mime. She has been heavily involved in community theater throughout Maryland and Virginia, and she has appeared in such shows as A Midsummer Night's Dream, Gypsy, and... Laughing Daughter. Now, she's a native of Louisiana, and she's also a graduate of Louisiana Tech University and an Air Force veteran. You can find her marvelous website at www.themasqueradebell.com. Yes, indeed, folks. Yes, indeed. Now, the show is for lovers of history and maybe those who don't love history. The show actually reveals the truth about fascinating women from the past uh, that are well-known and even some that are not well-known, uh, like Kate Sharper. Okay, so I see that Shamika is on the line. Let me go ahead and bring her on the air. Good evening. Welcome to the program. Thank you for having me. Oh, yes, absolutely. And Happy New Year to you. Happy New Year to you as well. All right, Fantastic. So I know you've done historical roles at places uh, like uh, the Akakik Foundation. How did that lead you to uh, writing this play in which you get to play so many history-making women from the past? Well, I've been going to elementary schools for about 15 years now doing historical interpretation, bringing various historical figures to life like Harriet Tubman, Sojourner Truth, Rosa Parks, and I've been with the Akakik Foundation for about five years now, portraying Kate Sharper, a woman who was enslaved in the Akakik location. And I've had a lot of people ask me, well, I wish that we could see your show or we wish that we could see some of your historical interpretations because I go to a lot of schools. And so I just had the idea of, creating a program where adults could come and see the same types of presentations that their children have been seeing in the schools. 
Okay, that's fantastic. So I know that you wrote th- wrote this show, so talk about your writing process. Well, I do a lot of research about the characters, the figures, and I want to tell their stories in compelling ways. And my director, Nikki Summons, she had an interesting approach where she would interview me as the historical figure and ask me questions that perhaps I had not thought about in preparing the presentations. So through the interviews and speaking their, through their voice by answering various questions, I was able to tap into a different side of the characters that I hadn't really explored before. And so we rewrote the script based on an improvisation of presenting the characters instead of just making it so fact-based and timeline-based, but adding more heart and more emotion to it. Hmm. Hmm. It's very interesting. So you got to talk about uh, your uh, director, uh, uh, Nikki Summons. How did you uh, find her? Well, she and I have been performing for a number of years in different theaters in Maryland, and she played my big sister when we did August Osage County a few years back. And we've always been very supportive of each other with our different productions. And I wanted to have a primarily woman-based production team. And she was she was the director that came to mind when I was looking to find people who would help bring this project to fruition. Okay, okay. So in this show, um, how many different characters do you get to play? Well, you have to come out to the show and see exactly how many people show up. <laughs> That's fantastic. That's fantastic. So I know that uh, I know at least one of your characters is from, uh, I guess, the 18th century, and you have many wonderful costumes. So talk about uh, how you were able to craft those costumes. Well... One of the costumes that I'm going to be wearing, one of my coworkers at Akakik, Kaylin Beach, she was very gracious in tackling the task of bringing one of the characters to life with the costume, so I'm very grateful to her for that. A lot of the pieces, because I have done the figures at schools, I already had a good arsenal of costumes to pull from. But because the show is in the black box, and it is literally a black box, the entire stage is painted black, I found that I had to make some modifications to the color choices because a lot of the costumes would disappear. So that was that was an interesting challenge. But it's a matter of doing a lot of thrifting, finding costumes that I already have, and some connections with local theaters that have been very helpful in helping me find pieces that I might have had difficulty in attaining otherwise. Yeah, so I know that uh, playing these historical characters, I gather that you've probably learned some historical skills. I mean, things like, uh, I guess, knitting and and things that uh, people don't (laughs) do a whole lot today. So talk about that. What skills have you learned Well, I haven't mastered knitting yet. I tried to crochet as a child and didn't have the attention span for it. But I did learn by portraying Kate Sharper and learning that 
1770 in Maryland, it was not against the law for slaves to know how to read. And in that time period, women would learn how to read by embroidering a sample. They would learn their letters and they would embroider them on pockets or scraps of material or blankets. And I learned how to embroider on a pocket by interpreting that story. And I'd never had embroidered before, but it was a hidden talent that I didn't know that I had. So it's it's been very helpful to me as an actress and as a costumer to learn a new skill that is centuries old. Yeah, that's fantastic. So now going back to the 21st century or up to the 21st century, <laughs> You have to talk about your you you're just an expert, just an amazing uh makeup artist. Talk about how you got started in Thank that. You. <laughs> when I started doing theater, I wanted to I've always loved makeup and the makeup artist would present whatever the concept was. And in one of my first shows, I said I asked the makeup artist Sheila Hyman if I would be allowed to apply the makeup myself and she said sure have fun it'll free my hands up for someone else and she really liked what I did and then I had a photographer who wanted me to try other concepts and I didn't really know how to tackle it I could recreate what someone else had done but I'd never come up with my own concepts before and so he said well if you you won't know you can do it until you try and so I stepped out and branched out a little bit more and been able to work with a lot of good people and a lot of good theaters to be able to hone those skills. And I know that you've done uh, uh, cosplay as well, so you got to talk about how you got into that. I had heard about San Diego Comic-Con and that being way on the West Coast and being the mother of, at the time, small children, when I was hearing about it, I knew there wasn't much of an opportunity for me to go out there. So I started looking for local comic conventions. And the first one that I went to was Baltimore Comic Con. And I was hooked from that point on. And even my children have joined in. And they are just as avid costume fans as I am. And it's a, it's a great family endeavor. Yeah, so you got to talk about what some of your favorite characters to play at conventions. <laughs> well, I am a big Marvel fan, and my father introduced me to the X-Men very early on, and he introduced me to Storm, and she is one of my favorite characters to cosplay. I have a few variations of Storm. I've also done Wonder Woman, Princess Tiana from Disney, um, a few Disney villains. So if if it's a character that I find intriguing or if their costume speaks to me, then it is something that I want to recreate. And I've had the opportunity to go to hospitals dressed as Princess Tiana and as Wonder Woman and other superheroes and to see the children's faces light up when they see their favorite character walk through the door and come to life. It's a very... It's a very honoring and humbling experience to bring that character to life for them. So not only do I bring historical figures to life, pop culture figures are fun as well. 
Yeah, you, you have to talk about that, Shamika. I mean, so you go to hospitals. Is that something that's set up by, like, you just set that up yourself or what? I did a an outreach at Andrews Air Force Base a few years ago, and one of the ladies who was there was a liaison for Walter Reed, and she asked me if I would be willing to come to the hospital to visit some of the children on the ward. And I told her, of course, and contacted a few of my other friends who were cosplayers, and we went, and there was maybe a team of seven of us that went to spread Christmas cheer to children who wouldn't be able to get out and celebrate with their families, and it's just kind of grown from there. Wow, that's amazing. That's amazing. So uh, now I know that uh, doing these kind of roles, I'm I'm sure you did a lot of reading. So what are some of your favorite historical books? Oh, (laughs) I like to pull from biographies and autobiographies if I can get first-person accounts. I try to also look for interviews that are either written or some of the more modern figures if they have videos that are on YouTube of interviews of them so I can learn their mannerisms, their speech patterns, and listen to those interviews. You get more of an interpersonal experience. They'll tell tidbits and little personal stories that may not be found in the encyclopedia or online reading about their biography, which is just going to list a timeline of facts of the different figures. So looking for the biographies or um, sometimes for the figures further back in history, slave narratives, to really get their perspective, it's a great resource. Yeah, it's just amazing. I mean, just to hear first-person accounts, um, it's just really it's powerful. It's very, very powerful. Have you uh, done any research at all at the, the new African-American museum downtown? I have. I also had the opportunity to work with them for the um, 50th anniversary of the – when the, the tent city that opened up right after Martin Luther King Jr. was assassinated when – they took over the mall for about 12 weeks. And so Mm. in the summer we celebrated the 50th anniversary of that, and I had the opportunity to perform with about four other historical interpreters and just guiding the people around and, and talking to them, making them aware of what had happened 50 years ago, and then going through different parts of the museum. It's it's one thing to read about these incidences in textbooks where it may be a sentence or a paragraph or a blurb but to see the actual um, the historical artifacts and to to have more of a personal connection and it hits at home it's more than just words in a textbook and that is why I want to go and do this living history and why I'm doing the show Miss Story's Living History because it's one thing to read it in a book, but when you see somebody in the costume, when you hear the story coming from somebody's voice, it makes it more real, and you learn that it's not just, it's not a myth. They may have done something extraordinary. They may be, may be considered legends, but they are still people who lived and they breathed, and it was their story. 
and just seeing it in person makes it more real. Wow, I bet it does. I bet it does. So you got to talk about the Indian Head Black Box Theater. How did you choose that venue? I wanted a venue. I'm I'm on the board for the Black Box, and we want to bring in more productions and more performances that will reach the community. Uh, so often there are people who feel that they can't go to theaters or they may not have the the means to go to a larger theater. So that is a theater that's it's smaller and they will take more opportunities to welcome shows that may not be seen in a larger venue. And so for this being the very first installation of Miss Story, I wanted to choose a small venue that was community-based to draw a following, and then we'll see where it takes us from there. Because Miss Story is She's always out there, and there are plenty of historical figures to highlight, so this will not be the only presentation of Miss Story's living history. Wow. That's that's amazing. That's amazing. So you got to really talk about, um, you know, in all your research, in your opinion, what, what can history teach us about today? Well, the saying goes, those who do not learn from history are doomed to repeat it. And I find that if you don't know where you've come from, you can't appreciate where you're going. And I, growing up my whole life, I'd always heard, you can do whatever you want, you can be whatever you want to be. But there was always that one position that you felt like, mm, I don't know if we're going to reach that or not. And then when uh, President Obama was elected, I never thought that I would see that day happen. And my children, before the current administration, the only president that they knew was Barack Obama. So for them, it was it's extraordinary to them because they have been it has been explained to them the historical significance of him being elected. But if they had not been taught where our ancestors came from, how our ancestors arrived, the struggles that our ancestors went through in the civil rights movement, they won't be able to appreciate the election of the first African-American president in this country. And so we need to... We need to learn our history and know our history. We're not where we could be. We're not where we should be. But we can appreciate the strides that we have made and continue to push so that we can do even better and that future generations can have a better life than those in the past. Well said, well said. So is this a show that you, you could see maybe being uh, a perennial thing that you do every Black History Month? Yes, and it doesn't have to be limited to Black History Month. It History is history, and the contributions that these historical figures have made, these stories can be told anytime. Women's History Month, any month, um, September, October, November, it, it Time has no limitation, and it doesn't have to be 
just for Black History Month, but I will most certainly make sure that there is a version of it at the beginning of each Black History Month, and it can travel. So if it if someone wants a small version of it or even the full production of it at their location, we can make it happen. That's fantastic. That's fantastic. So I know this is your baby, but is this something that you could see? Like how would it feel to hand it off to another actress? <laughs> well, like I said, there are many figures in history um, and there are many stories that need to be told. So I don't know if this particular version would be handed off to someone else, but I would most certainly be willing to compose a production for a woman of Native heritage to tell those stories, a woman of European heritage to tell their stories, even the men in history, their stories need to be told. We only hear certain portions of their story. There are certain people that we always hear about, and there are so many more people in history who have made major contributions, and their stories need to be told as well. What I love about the show is that there are many names that will be heard in the show that people have, that will that they will recognize, but there are some that maybe they didn't hear about Kate Sharper is not listed in any historical um, in any historical references. She did not do anything that was historically impactful as far as to be put into a textbook, but she lived and she breathed and she deserves to have her story told. And there are so many voices whose stories will never be told, and she represents those voices that are not in the history books. Yeah, that's that's amazing. I mean, there's just so many people, and in, in, I guess they're, in a way they're almost lost to history. I mean, it might, like you say, it might be a sentence, it might be a paragraph, but uh, it's just amazing that you're able to bring this to stage, which leads me to my next question about Film. Now I know that you you're kind of biased. It seems you you seem to be biased towards stage. So what about say like a short film? I mean, if, is this something you've thought about? <laughs> like taking some of these characters and put them in and put, putting them in films? Yes, it is. I am not biased towards the stage. It's just the medium that I have right now. But I do have bigger plans for this story. This. This production is a launch pad for where I would like her to go. I'd like Miss Story to be a children's program and to encompass not only American history but world history as well. So Miss Story is not limited to just one era and one country. She can tell anybody's story from anywhere in the world. So I, I definitely have bigger plans for this story. You've not heard the last of her. And I love all mediums of of entertainment that can reach people and educate them, be it stage, television, film, radio. <laughs> <laughs> That's fantastic. That's awesome. And uh, after this show is over, uh, what are your other projects you've got coming up in 2019? 
Well, I'm the costumer and the the makeup instructor and costume instructor at the College of Southern Maryland in La Plata. So once this show ends, I will be going right into costuming um, the shows that they have coming up this this semester. And who knows wherever else it's going to take me. I will probably start writing Miss Story's Living History Part 2 sometime in the <laughs> summer so that we can prepare. <laughs> we can prepare for next year. I have a wonderful production team that is behind me, and I'm very grateful for all of their hard work. And even before I could voice the idea of taking Miss Story anywhere else, they were already in a production meeting saying, so you know this isn't the end. This is just the beginning. And when we travel with Miss Story, so I, mm. I appreciate they are, that they are seeing the vision and that they, that they believe in the project and we're, we're planning on going places with it. Yeah, you got to talk about your producer, uh, Jeremy Jackson. I mean, what what has she brought to this show? She has brought a calming voice, a voice of reason. <laughs> um, <laughs> very, she's very thoughtful, and she's been in. She's been producing for a while. Um, I believe up in Bowie, she's done a lot of producing up there, and even down at Hard Bargain. She did a show or two down there producing. So when I was looking for a producer, she's the first person I called, and I said, I don't even know what a producer does, but I know that you have experience, <laughs> so please help me. And she said, I- I've got you. I- I'll take good care of you. So I had a a little moment of <laughs> anxiety about a week or so ago, and I said, I- I've-, I've gotten it over my head. And she said, you've got this. And we've got you, and and you will be you will be just fine. So she's she's a very wonderful, calming voice of reason. That's that's what you need for a producer. Car, I like that calming voice of reason. There you go, there you go. So I'm gonna put a hypothetical out there. Um, so say I'm a, a grumpy old man who doesn't like history. Why should I see Miss Story's living history? Because there is humor and heart and you just might learn something everything that you think you might know about some figures in history you don't know there are a lot of myths that are out there that need to be dispelled there are a lot of interesting people that you may not have even ever heard of you may have heard their name in passing but there's always something for you to learn and if you think that you don't have anything to learn then come on out and watch it and and prove me wrong. Marvelous, marvelous. So uh, I know that you're doing the three shows, so repeat uh, one more time how folks can get tickets. So they can go to www.indianheadblackbox.org and then scroll through to find Miss Story's Living History, and they can purchase tickets there. They can purchase tickets at the door. And right now, because of the way the office is set up, it's best to go online to reserve the tickets because you may call at a time that the office manager is not there. But as we get closer to the production time, the phone number that you listed earlier will be available. Fantastic. Well, thank you, Shamika. It's really been a pleasure. 
Thank you very much for having me. Absolutely. Okay, you have a great night. You as well. Okay. Bye-bye. All right, folks out there, Radio Land, remember to do something for your career every single day and break away. Good night. Under the dark, you pacify me. Hold my breath. Take me down, I won't fight. Beat of my heart, you drum inside me Somewhere my death Makes a sound no one can find I never met anyone like you I wasn't living before you came Now I'm seeing myself in you Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky. Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at luckylandslots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.